Welcome to the New Freedom Church podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. Before we get into the topic for today, can we just ponder something in our hearts for a moment? Can we just think about the provision of God? We sang just a moment ago and we lifted our hands and we declared to Jesus that you are my king. And as subjects to the king, we may not have in our lives everything that our neighbor has. We certainly don't have everything that is in the palace that the king has. But as subjects to the king, it is his responsibility to provide for his children. It is his responsibility, as we name him as our king, to take care and to bring about a provision for us. And so I just want us to ponder for a moment and be thankful and grateful to God at the onset of a brand new year, to be thankful to God for all he has provided and all he is yet to do. Can you give God a big amen? Amen. He is good. Uh, Just a a programming note before we uh, get into the message today, you may be uh, getting your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, also Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be heading today. Uh, But I want to let you know that due to the uh, forecast for tomorrow night, our evening Bible studies, men's and women Bible studies, are canceled for tomorrow night. We will resume next week. However, we will be having Wednesday night over in the Gap Room, our annual family meeting. And people have asked, what's the family meeting? Well, it's kind of like a business meeting where we go over some of the stats and things like that of the previous year, but we look at the previous year, some highlights, some milestones, and then we look ahead at the new year. Everyone is invited. If you're a member of record, you will get a ballot. You can vote on the budget, Uh, but everyone is invited to be at the annual family meeting at 7 p.m. this Wednesday. So let's jump right in. Uh, Last week, I told you that 2024 is going to be the year of discipleship. This is the word for the year. And this is how we're going to navigate our path together as a congregation and individually how we are going to walk out the way of Jesus, how we are going to observe what God has done, what God is doing, and the life and the way of Jesus is going to be our model. Uh, I told you last week that we're gonna talk about today and for the next couple of weeks, the most physically difficult, hear me, the most physically difficult spiritual discipline. This year we're going to go through lots of different spiritual disciplines together and individually, but today I'm going to introduce to you the most physically difficult spiritual discipline, and that is fasting. That is fasting. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11 says this, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, everybody say, but later. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I shared with you uh, that we are going through this process and this physically difficult task to undertake of, of fasting is not pleasant. It's not something that we look forward to. It's not something that we want to do. It's actually something that spiritually, when we do, God starts to activate and unlock some things in our own lives. And all throughout this year, as we embark on these disciplines, you're gonna see that some are easier than others. But notice that what this verse said is that by nature, by our human nature, naturally, no discipline seems pleasant. We humans don't like discipline, do we? At all. 
not, not just little children, but nobody likes discipline. It's true. But we do like the results, don't we? We like the results, the gain from being disciplined. It's been said, especially in, in terms of working out in physical fitness, no pain. And so it is in our spiritual life. If there is not a little bit of sacrifice, if there's not something that we notice, then we're not going to feel any of the progress or the, the uh, improvement of it. Let me define for you disciple, because I think this is gonna be important for the context of all year long as we continually go back to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. Who is our teacher? Jesus is our teacher. A disciple is also a follower of Jesus or a disciplined one. So a disciple is a disciplined one, someone who subscribes to a certain project or a mode of discipline in their lives. In the gospels, time and time again, you'll see that Jesus says something like this. If anyone would desire, if there is a, a desire on the inside, if there is a longing, if there is a want, if anyone would desire to follow me, if anyone would desire to be my disciple, my devotee, if anyone would desire to be my apprentice, would, would follow Jesus, he must, she must, ready? Deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Jesus never asked you to take his cross. He doesn't ask you to take your neighbor's cross, but he does ask you, he does require of us to take up our cross. Now your cross is different than my cross. We all have different burdens to bear. There are differences in our outlook of life. There are differences in our lot in life, in our background, in our education, in maybe our privilege or lack thereof. There are lots of differences in those things. But if anyone, this is the great equalizer, if anyone wants to be a devotee, a follower, a disciple of Jesus, then you must deny yourself. Hear me, deny yourself. Self-denial is the way of the cross. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. I like Pastor John Mark Comer's words. He said this, your strongest desire is not your deepest desire. Now, when we think of fasting, this is gonna be important over the next few weeks because I'm calling a 21-day fast to our corporate congregation today. And I'm gonna outline for you in this message what that looks like. So before you, you get ready to bolt and act like you need to use the restroom, but you leave and go to your car, or you turn me off on online, you can do this. Every one of us can do this because there is not a blanket fast that I'm calling other than the time length, the 21 days. You're gonna to have to work out with fear and trembling what the details of your fast is. But John Malcoma said this, your strongest desire is not your deepest desire. Case in point, my strongest desire with my sweet tooth is sitting down looking at an entire chocolate cake. I want the whole thing. It's strong, it's real, the struggle's real, church. I want it all, right? That's my strong desire. But my deepest desire, my inmost desire is I don't want diabetes at 45, almost. I'll be there in April, but I don't want diabetes. <laughs> I don't want to be physically unfit. So I have a stronger or a deeper or an inmost desire to have some kind of discipline that says no, that pushes back and I say no to those things. I have a strong desire for certain things, but I have a deeper desire for other things. I have a strong desire, I will tell you, to consume lots and lots of news, especially in an election season. Like, I wanna know all of the candidates' positions. I wanna know all the commentators. I know I'm, I'm kind of a news junkie that way. 
I have a strong desire to know what's going on socially and to, to scroll those media accounts. I have a strong desire, but I have a deeper desire to be so in touch with the Spirit of God and the things of God that I recognize that I have to deny my strong desire for that information and go deeper and to get the real desire of my heart, which is to be in tune in a disciple of Jesus, my King. Somebody say amen. So we all have very strong urges and desires, but we also have to recognize there is something deeper, there's something spiritual, something more real that we desire more, most, the best, the highest. It says that Mary chose the good part. Martha was busy when Jesus came to the house and, and he was there for, for a visit. Martha was busy and she was cleaning up and, oh, you need to tell, Lord, you need to tell Mary, help me in the kitchen. We, need, we got all this stuff to do. We have all these things to put in order. We're going to have guests after all. We can't let the, the room be a mess. We can't let the house look in disarray. We have special guests. And Jesus says, wait a minute, Mary has chosen the good part. And I wonder today if at the onset of this year, you are deciding to choose the good part. Here, here's the, the great thing about a message like this at this point in the year, is that some of us, me included, have already broken some of our New Year's resolutions. Like we've already fallen off the wagon, right? No, just, just me? I'm the only one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just make sure I'm in the right room. We've already not done the things that we resolved we were going to do. But this is a reset. Somebody say reset. This is a mulligan. You get a, a redo. You can today start afresh and anew and say, okay, I'm going to resolve for the next 21 days. I'm going to dedicate, consecrate, and satisfy this longing in my heart for a spiritual journey with God. I am going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to discipline myself to do something that I really, really want on the inside. So we do things that are difficult or that are unpleasant in order to gain what we want most in our lives. And this is the premise of fasting. Let me define fasting for you. Fasting, according to Webster's dictionary, is denying yourself something that you want, and then I added this part, in order to gain a deeper desire. So fasting is denying something that you want, and in many cases, there's no, absolutely nothing wrong with what you want, but it's to, to satisfy a deeper desire. Biblically speaking, Fasting means to deny yourself of food or literally translated means to cover your mouth. Push back your plate, cover your mouth, deny yourself of food. So biblical fasting, hear me, is giving up food and or drink for a season. Everybody say a season. I'm not talking about for life, I'm <laughs> saying for a season. The type and length of fast is between you and God. You need to know that. I, I may give some parameters and some guidelines, but there may be some very good reasons why you cannot do fasting like your neighbor can do fasting. There may be some health reasons why you cannot do a full fast or you can't do certain things in your life. You need certain sustenance. That's totally understandable. God knows you. Do you know God? God knows you. Get to know him, okay? It's, this is a give and take relationship. Uh, People often ask, well, what about, Pastor, what if, what if I fast something besides food? Well, okay, yeah, you can deny yourself of things besides food. You can deny yourself of maybe some favorite entertainments, or in my case, maybe it'd be, it'd be so much cons uh, consuming of news. 
Maybe it's a, a putting away or putting down or, or uh, limiting social media. Do you, do you realize the hours and hours and hours in a week that Americans and, and people worldwide consume on social media? It, it is a dominant force in our lives. It is, it is a time consumer in our lives. And sure, there are some good benefits and information you can glean from it, but there is something valuable about denying yourself of certain entertainment things, certain, certain things besides food, okay? So during this 21-day fast, there may be some things that God puts in your heart that you want to separate from for a season. That you want to, want to shelve that for, for just a little while. In uh, anything, hear me, anything that you give up and devote that time to God instead is going to be a benefit to you. Anything. If you will give this up to obtain that. But let's look at something. And I want to go back to the biblical concept of fasting and where this comes from and why that this is so important. I want you to see something. In Genesis chapter three, we, we should know this story also well. We know uh, that, that God created the heavens and the earth and, and he came down and he dwelt with man <clears throat> and he had an abode. It was the, the garden of God, the mountain of God, the, the, the place where God met with and walked with man in the cool of the day. And we know about this story that in that garden there, was, there were certain um, parameters, you would say. There, there was a, a tree of life and they could eat of those, those uh, uh, fruits and that leaf and they would have everlasting life. And there was also in that garden another tree and it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't the tree of good and evil, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we all know the story how that God told Adam the parameters of that tree and Adam was supposed to then tell his wife Eve, the parameters of that tree and what would happen as a result if they took of that tree. But here's what I want you to see. In Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? <laughs> Did God not say, Is this really what you heard? Is that really what God meant by that? Started, the serpent started to twist the original words, bring about a different meaning. And we know that what ensued after that was that Eve looked at the tree and saw the, the physical, tangible desire, the, the lustrous desire for that tree, that she saw that it was good for food. Was it good for food? It, it apparently was. It looked desirable. It looked to be good for food. And she touched, she reached out and touched, and she took of it and she ate. And as they would say, the rest is history. <laughs> we know what happened. So what I want you to see from this text is fasting goes all the way back to the garden. God proclaimed a permanent fast of food, of pleasant food, that Adam and Eve were never to eat of that food. He, he said permanently, don't ever eat of that food. Now, did God make it impossible for them to eat of that food? No, it was possible. God's not going to take your declaration of a fast and make it to where you lose all appetite for that. You're gonna actually, when you fast, you will want more, you will desire deeper the things that you're fasting than even when you're off your fast. Trust me, you will. You will be offered dinner dates and out to eat and opportunities. If you are fasting sweets, someone will show up at your door with a, a, a freshly baked chocolate cake. 
in 21 days, if anybody wants to know, pastor likes chocolate cake. Just, just saying, just putting that out there. I hope you hear that, Renee. Just, just putting that out there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I digress. There was nothing undesirable about this tree. Actually, everything about it looked good, was good, except for the fact that it had with it a curse. There was something that was going to activate death the moment that they ate of this tree. Physical death would come later. Spiritual death would happen in an instant. And so the very first temptation I want you to see, the very first temptation was for food. So why is it that Jesus laid out for us this concept of fasting? Because when we have the ability to surrender our appetites and our desires to God, we become conquerors over something that is very, very difficult to conquer, and that is our flesh. Our flesh, our mind, our human will and desire. These things have to be subject to the Spirit of God in our lives. But we are not tempted with extremely bad things. Here's what you have to understand about food. Food is good. You need food. You need sustenance to live. I'm looking around here, and it looks like not many of us have missed too many meals. I think we're okay there, right? God has provided. Thank you, Lord. But we need that. And we're not tempted with extremely bad things. We are tempted with good things taken to the unhealthy extreme. Idols in our lives are not bad things. I doubt that any one of us in this room would, would take a Buddha statue, would, would uh, see something carved out of stone, would bow down, worship it, pay homage, and give money to a stone. We think of that as an idol. That's not what is going to tempt you to, to be worshipped in your life. But idols in our lives, hear me, idols are good things with extreme consequence and focus that we attend to and we put upon them and we take good things to the extreme unhealthy norms and we make idols of things when we put our worship to them. That's what an idol is. And that's what can happen with our desires and our, our lusts, the lusts of our flesh. So this is why that there is a love-hate relationship in the human condition when it comes to food especially in the West, where food is abundant. We have more than what we need. There, there really, honestly, should be no excuse for people going hung, hungry in the United States of America. I, I'm going to tell you right now. Go into any grocery store, look at the, the abscess waste that has to happen every three days as they cycle through all that stuff. Look at just our own cupboards. How many things that are just sitting there out of date because we never even got to it. And this isn't a guilt trip on anybody, but as children of the Most High, as the King of Provision is providing for our lives, this might be a season of time where we do a little introspective look. We do a little inventory of how can we then extend our hands and feet to be hands and feet of Jesus to someone else who may be in need. As we are denying ourselves of something that we really need, maybe we help someone else that is in need of something that they don't have. Fasting is how we say no to the good in order to get the better. We say no to the good, we push away, we cover our mouth to say no to the good and yes to the better. Now, of course, there are going to be some physical benefits from a spiritual fast. 
if you fast biblically, that is denying yourself of food or drink that you desire, you are probably gonna lose some weight. But we don't fast in order to do a diet program, okay? That's not what it is. And there may be some other physical benefits like a cleansing of your body. There, there may be some toxins that, that will uh, just be eradicated in your body over, over 21 days because you're now not taking in and consuming the same kind of things that you always did. But that is not our intent. Let's look at uh, Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. In, in Matthew chapter 6, you should read the whole chapter when you get home. But Matthew 6, Jesus assumes that we are going to do certain things as followers of Christ. To be his disciple means that we do certain things not out of command, but out of desire. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And he says these words, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Now, he doesn't say if you give. He assumes that as a follower of his, you are going to give. You're going to be a generous person. Giving, praying, and fasting is actually a byproduct. It is a fruit on the tree of your life of being a disciple of Jesus. Now, if you take, I'm about to meddle here just a minute, so you might just want to close yours. If you take your budget and you look at your budget and you've given more to the coffee shop in 30 days than you've given to your local church, you may be a disciple of Starbucks, but you may not be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said, when you give, and he assumed you're going to, when you pray, if it's been three years since you prayed or the last time you prayed was when we said amen in a church service, then you're not displaying and distributing the, the grace of communicating with your heavenly father like a disciple would do. So there are certain things that Jesus shows us in, in this text in Matthew 6 that he assumes as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple, that we will engage in. We will do these things. And look at uh, verse 16. He says this. Moreover, when you fast, everybody say, when you fast. Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So if you're doing a spiritual deed for some kind of accolade or praise on the outside, you're going to get the clap. And Jesus said, I hope that's enough because that's your reward. Verse 17, but when you fast, oh, there it is again, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. Everybody say the secret place. That your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Okay, so this is the way that we fast, is that we don't sound a big alarm and tell everybody how spiritual we are because we are fasting. Now there's nothing wrong, especially in a corporate fast like this, to tell your brothers and sisters what you're fasting. Tell your family, tell an accountability partner. It may help because the very moment that you enter into a fast, someone's gonna invite you out to lunch. They hadn't invited you to lunch for all year long, but the new year, you start a fast, they're gonna invite you to lunch. And you're gonna say, it actually just happened to me last week. I invited, Holly and I invited some pastor friends to lunch. They accepted, and then they had to call us later and say, oh, we can't go, we're fasting. I said, well, that would be me next week. We're going to start fasting. So 
we don't disfigure our faces and look all hungry and hold our bell. I'm sad. I'm, oh, I can't. No, I'm fasting. No, we don't do that. We, we wash our, ourselves. We, we anoint our head. We, we make it uh, to where it is a delight. It is a discipline of delight before the Lord. So this isn't a hunger strike. We're not going on some spiritual hunger strike. It's fine to have someone that you can tell. But even though we don't do it for natural rewards, let me tell you, with fasting, there are some rewards. And you can find these all throughout the scriptures. Here are some rewards for fasting. And some of this content uh, on fasting, if you want a deeper dive, then I highly recommend Jensen Franklin's book called Fasting. Uh, I read it years ago, and I've, I've gone through this topic several times, and sometimes I can't decide what's my content and what's his anymore because it just kind of blends through. So if you hear me say something you read in Jensen's book, I, I, I borrowed it, okay? I'm giving him credit for it right now. But there are some spiritual rewards for fasting. God may let you in on his plans like he did Abraham. Before the city was destroyed, God let Abraham in on his plans. God may restore your losses like he did Job. God may reveal your purpose and calling like he did the apostle Paul. God may give you a dream like he gave Daniel. God may strengthen you, hear me, for an intense time of temptation to overcome that temptation like he did Jesus. So there are some benefits to fasting. I wrote this down uh, several years ago and I had to go back and find it, but on one of our previous church fasts, before calling the church to fast, the Lord told me personally that that time of fasting would be for a purpose of sowing spiritual seeds today that would sprout later. That's all the Lord told me. That, that this fast would be for sowing spiritual seeds now that would sprout later. The Bible says there's seed, time, and harvest. Now, we understand seed because it's something in our hand. And we all like the harvest because it's standing out in the field. But the, the hard part of that statement, seed, time, and harvest, you guessed it, is time, waiting, patience. I had to go back and find this because when the Lord spoke that to us corporately, I believe he gave it to me first and I gave it corporately to the church. And I encourage the church that you, you may not see the immediate result of your fast, but I believe the Lord wants us to sow spiritual seeds today that will sprout later. That was in the year 2014. That was two years before we actually, we were in two services at our downtown church. We were out of parking. We were out of space. Every room was filled from top to bottom. We were feeling those growing pains. And, and I had been with the leadership team of our church, we had been praying for quite some time about what would our next step be? What would be the next uh, progression in, in our church body? Like, what, what are we gonna do? What's the future look like? And kind of frustrated, honestly, because I didn't have a lot of answers. I didn't, didn't know on the horizon what was there. We, we had hired a, a church consulting firm, uh, I think the year prior to do a little analysis of our area and, and what kind of uh, acreage that we would need to get out of the space we're in, what kind of building we could build. And they came back with a number of like, $5 million or something. And that was not even close to anything we could fathom doing. That was in 2014. That was two years prior, almost two years fully, until we closed miraculously on this property, hear me, for just shy of $1 million. For 15 acres of ground, all of these properties, every room had furniture already finished. Somebody tell me that's like wells you didn't dig and plants you didn't plant and homes you didn't build. 
That was the harvest, I believe, that was the, the spiritual and tangible harvest of something that was planted long ago. And it was during a time of fasting that I felt that we uh, as a church would, would pray about that. Now, when you sow during this fast, you may not reap it immediately. Don't be discouraged if you don't see the results right away. It may be something later. And you may reap something tangible, like we tangibly as a church were able to reap a, a facility and, and have a harvest. But it also may be something intangible because hear me, sometimes the best results are spiritual results. Sometimes the best blessings from God are not tangible at all. Their health, their, their spiritual, their growth in the Lord. It's a loved one coming to the knowledge of the faith. It's someone that you have prayed for being baptized. It is something that is not necessarily on the outside that looks to be from the world, something desirous, but on the inside, you know God has done a work in your own life or the life of someone around you. So fasting, denying ourselves of food, there are three types of fasts. There is a absolute fast. Now this is no food and no water. No food, no water. Unless the Holy Spirit specifically speaks to you in a very real, maybe even audible voice, I don't recommend this kind of fast for most people. If you do this fast, you need to know that biblically speaking, you are in the company of about three people who ever did this kind of fast for any length of time, more than just like 12 hours or something, 40 days actually. You ready? Maybe you're in this company. If you are, I'd like to meet with you. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. They're the ones that did this fast, an absolute fast. So if that's you, let's have a conversation. I'm gonna take some notes. Most of us can do these next two or one of them. A normal fast is no food but lots of water for a limited amount of time. Okay, maybe that is a sun up to sundown uh, type, type of a fast. Maybe that is a, a one-day fast, a two- or three-day fast. Lot, lots of water but no food. I, I will warn you that if you embark upon this, then the first 12 hours, not too bad. First 24 hours, you probably can make it. About day two, the headache starts in, the stomach, you're going to get grumbles. You're going to be grumbly. You're probably going to be a little, little bit uh, curt with people. So make sure that, that if you're married, your spouse is on board with this kind of a fast because it, be, it can be tough on a marriage. But maybe God's calling some of us to, to this kind of a fast, a short time where we don't do any food. And then a partial fast. And this is the kind of fast that I'm calling our church to, a, 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 a similar kind of it. Uh, again, this could be a sun up to sundown. It could be one meal a day. It could be um, certain food items that you wanna leave out. And that's kind of what I wanna uh, call our church to is, is a semblance of a Daniel fast. You can read this in the book of Daniel, the fast that Daniel fasted. And this is what I'm challenging us to from today until February 4th, when we break our fast together corporately, I'm calling our church to a Daniel fast. Daniel 10 and 23 says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So this, is a, this, this word mourning is, is uh, denying himself something that he really wanted. It is fasting. He said, I ate no pleasant food. Everybody say pleasant food. No meat. Say no meat. Or wine. Say wine. Came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. I don't I don't recommend you do the no anointing yourself at all. Take a bath, okay? 
actually, if you look that up, it's, it's talking about lotions and, and the way that he uh, perfumed his body or took care of his skin or, or something like that. But, but what I am calling our church to is a Daniel fast whereby we will specify some specific items, some food items, food or drink items that we are going to deny. We are going to do without for 21 days. For me, and I'll just, just give you what I'm doing, is no sweets. Did I ever tell anybody I really like chocolate cake? <laughs> Brownies, fudge, Ghirardelli ice cream. I mean, you name it, okay? Never had a sweet tooth until I met my wife. And then she's the sweetest thing, and I just can't get enough sweets. So. But I've got this sweet, <laughs> sweet tooth. So no sweets for me. Daniel said sweet bread, sweets. Uh, he said no meats. I I'm doing red meat. No, no red meat. I may incorporate some others in there, but no red meat. And, and no bread. Now, do you know how difficult it is to go through McDonald's drive-thru and order something with no bread or breading? It's, 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 it's tough, okay? So no bread. So if you're going to invite me out for dinner in the next couple weeks, don't take me to an Italian restaurant where they bring that oil and bread and all that good stuff in there. No, because I can't have that. You're tempting me. Don't do that, okay? After February 4th, invite away. Let's go. Let's do it. Just as long as they have, no, I won't go there again. I've said it too many times. For dessert, no, I'm not going to do it. No sweets. So as a partial fast, you may sustain from certain foods that you love, drinks, that you, you like, you know, so, some of us go and we get the, those, uh, I call them foo-foo coffees. They're real specific. Like two pumps of this, one pump of that, one sprig of this, one, you know, all these, all these fancy drinks. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to give up on that for a while and instead focus in time of prayer and dedication. Maybe you take that same cost and you'll sow it into something that will benefit the life of someone else for 21 days. Because when you fast, Hear me, it's not simply giving up something, but it's giving up something and replacing it with something else. So one of the things you may do is you may say, you know what, that Bible reading plan that I started and fell off the wagon two weeks ago, that, that Bible reading plan that I really was having a hard time fitting in, now that I'm not watching so much news, I've got time to fit that in every single day for 21 days. They say it takes 21 days to develop a new habit. Could it be? that what Daniel was doing here in this fast was he was developing a new habit of replacing something that he used to do and giving it to God. Take something that you're used to doing and replace it by giving it to God, giving that same time to God. And I'm not being stringent about this or legalistic or, or, or rule keeping, but I'm saying by the spirit of God, you do what God causes you to do. For 21 days, giving up some kind of food item, all of us can give up some kind of food item. And you don't have to starve to do it. But you will notice every single time when by rote and routine, you reach out for that thing and realize, oh, wait, I'm covering my mouth for that. I'm not going for that. I'm going to replace it with this healthy version over here. It's not as good. It's not as desirable. But maybe after 21 days, you might realize your body doesn't need so much caffeine. Your body doesn't need so much sweets. Your body doesn't need so much of that, that uh, other kind of, of delicacy. That's what Daniel and his friends recognized. Jensen Franklin says this. If it doesn't mean anything to you, then it won't mean anything to God. Had a guy come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm going to start fasting Brussels sprouts and liver and onions. 
And I said, when was the last time you ate liver and onions? He said, about 10 years. And I was made to eat it as a kid. Well, okay, then that kind of fast really won't mean much to you now, will it? Don't give up to God something that means nothing to you. But if you give up something that is important, that is on your mind, that is your go-to, and replace it by giving it to God, then that is what's powerful. They're going to come and, and we're going to close, but next week I'm going to say a little more about what fasting actually does while we fast. And you can dig in to find there's multiple verses and places that you can see in the scriptures where fasting was employed for, for spiritual reasons, for a certain time or a period of, of, uh, of waiting or longing or, or some kind of fulfillment that was needed for someone's life. But I want to encourage you before you leave here today that fasting is a spiritual discipline for a devotee and a follower of Jesus. If you've never said yes to Jesus, then you need to take a first step today and say yes to Jesus. And around here we believe what the Bible says, that with the mouth confession is made to salvation, with the heart one believes unto righteousness. If you've never said yes to Jesus today, let's not make it hard. Let's make it like this. All you need to do is say, here I am God, a sinner in need of a savior. I repent of my sin. I accept Jesus as my savior and make him my Lord. That's first place, do that first. And I'll be down here in the front if you wanna come down and pray, I would love to pray with you. But for those who have said that, have made that divine imperative to God, that declaration that you've given your heart to Jesus, you're a follower of Christ. Before you leave here, those watching online, I want you to, to make it mean something and determine before this day's out, maybe you don't know right now, but you can right now determine, I'm gonna do this for 21 days. I don't know specifics yet, but I'm gonna do this for 21 days. I'm gonna join with my church family and we're gonna fast corporately. And it's okay to tell one another, that, that, that's fine. But you don't have to announce it, and tell everybody what you're doing. But you can tell some trusted friends. 21 days to develop a new habit, 21 days of self-denial, 21 days of giving up something natural to seek God the Father for something spiritual. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you that today you have given to us a divine imperative, a declaration to make, to set before you this season of time, 21 days, three weeks, that we're gonna fast and we're gonna pray and we're gonna give. We're gonna be devotees, followers after Jesus. We're going to be the people you've called us to be. And God, we recognize that we may be sowing some spiritual seeds today that we won't see the results at the end of 21 days. We may not see the results after two months or five months or even a year, but we know that nothing that we put in the soil, the godly gospel soil will return to you void, that your word is a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path, and that you are not a man that should lie you're not slack concerning your promises, but when we sow, we shall reap. God, we thank you for the grace that is needed to walk this fast out and to do this. We thank you for the mercy when we fall and stumble to get up again and to not just throw away our fast, but to get back on track. We thank you that even though we have already not fulfilled obligations that we've made to ourselves or to you, that today starts anew. This is a fresh day. This is a new season. Today we begin anew. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.
Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited for what we have planned next week. You don't want to miss it. If this service has impacted you, would you share the video? And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe. We couldn't do what we do here without your generosity. Your dollars help us to share the hope of Jesus with more and more people. If you would like to give, you can click on the link in the video description below. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you real soon.